Good morning. How about a hearty amen that David did a good job this morning? And I'm, I'm going to go on record as saying something here today. I don't know about the rest of you, but I very much appreciate David because I believe everybody in this room knows that he wants what's best for all of us. Amen? Amen. He did a good job. All right, the title of my sermon today is, What Does True Love Look Like? Okay, I'm going to run something past you. You might want to talk to John today before you leave. You might want to ask John. No, seriously, you might want to ask him. You might want to say, John, what does true love look like? And he could probably fish his phone out, and he could probably show you some pictures. That man right there opened up his building last night for a prayer vigil for Riley Osmond that was attended by probably well over 100 people, wouldn't you say? A hundred people gathered around a desk in the gym praying, not worrying about whether they were Baptists, not worrying about whether they were Church of Christ, not worrying about whether they were apostolic. They were all there together praying for a young man. Now that might just be what true love looks like. So you might want to get with him. He did an excellent job, by the way, and I'm very I'm proud of him for not worrying about, you know, he opened his building up to the community, and that's the way it should be. Amen? Amen. All right, here we go. Two things. Number one, I've never had a break like that from preaching, and I'm really nervous today. And number two, I am like just absolutely full of so much nervous energy. You better get ready, Trent. Trent, you're even going to get Trent. You're even going to get mentioned in the sermon today. I mean, why, why could I not mention you when I wanted to know what true love looks like? All right, what does true love look like? All right, here we go. I don't know if you know this or not. I don't know if you've ever seen the word or not, but I wonder how many how many of you are familiar with the word giddy? Yeah? Okay, well, here's what I thought about doing. I thought about talking about what it means, but let's not talk about what it means. Let's look at what maybe it might mean, and maybe you'll get a little chuckle. I wonder if this young feller is giddy. Now remember, we're going to talk about love today, and i got a feeling every one of you in here at some point in time were a little bit giddy. Uh, I wonder if I really like this one. I, I don't know if that young gal's doing that on purpose. or. And this is probably my favorite one right here. How many of you got giddy on your first kiss? I know some of you are like, well, that was a long time ago. I don't care. You know what I would like to see? I wish I could go in a time machine and go back because I'd like to see Wayne Gaither. <laughs> I'd like to see Wayne Gaither back in the day. And because and Neva, did he do one of these? Did he do the oh? <laughs> did he do the oh? I got stretch while he put his arm around you. I bet he was a silver-tongued devil, wasn't he, Neva? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to embarrass my wife now. I remember the first time, I remember the first time I ever laid eyes on my lovely wife. I went over to pick Trent up. Miss Trent, this is where you get mentioned in the sermon today. I went over to pick Trent up on a Sunday afternoon to take us back to Indiana State because we were getting our undergraduate degrees at Indiana State. And I remember pulling in, and I didn't really know Gary and Jeannie. I didn't know Jamie. I didn't. I mean, Trent and I knew each other, but that was about it. So I pull in, and, and I pull up, and, 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 and Trent comes out, and he's got his stuff. And I look over, and there's Gary and Jeannie, and there's this gal, this pretty gal in a red windbreaker out raking leaves. And it was funny because I got out of the car, and she like half hid behind an oak tree. 
And as she was kind of behind that oak tree, I was like, I was thinking, man, this gal's, this gal's pretty. So I'll never forget this. So we get in the vehicle, and as we're driving off and we're driving to Terre Haute, I say to Trent, I say, Trent, I didn't know you had a sister. And to which I just basically get a grunt. <laughs> and I said, I, at some point, I said, hey, Trent, I, why don't you fix me up with your sister? And he said, no. <laughs> Yeah. He said no. So I did what all good friends did. I went around him. And so and the story gets a little bit funnier, I guess. I, I so so I asked her, I said, Would you like to go out? She said yes, and we went out and I thought we had a splendid date. So a couple days later I called her and I said and I said, Hey, I had a wonderful time. Yeah, I had a good time too. Well you want to go out again this Friday? And here's what she says. Honestly got truth, I can't, I have a date. <laughs> Except, look who's wearing the ring, baby. <laughs> Alright, so, you know, I want you to think a little bit today. I mean, I'm, I know I'm being a little bit silly, but, but seriously, every one of you in here, you fell in love with somebody. You know, and, and hopefully it's the love of your life, but or hopefully you fell in love with some, you know, something, or there's something in your life that you love, there's something in your life that makes you giddy. And I don't know what that is. You know, I don't know what that is. It's going to be something different for all of us. But here we are, you know, we're thinking about love. We're thinking about the love that God has for us. We're thinking about the author of love today. The author of love. You want me to sing to you? Watching in slow motion as you turn and say, Oh... Take my breath away. Come on, Maddie. you got to give me some props. That wasn't too bad, was it? Uh, all right, now wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. And some of you are sitting in here today and you're like, oh, I know that song. And some of you are like, I don't know that song. So for you that don't know that song, for some of you old timers, how about a little Dolly Parton? And I will always love you. Is your emotion stirred by songs? Is your emotion stirred by songs? You know what's funny is, and I mean this sincerely, and she would tell you, I'm sure I've not always been the perfect husband. I'm sure I've not always been easy to live with. And and but I think it's funny we're in a different place in our life where we're you know, we're empty nesters or becoming empty nesters, and it's kind of funny. We're kind of discovering one another again. How many of you been there, done that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I love her more today than I did back then. Now she's a lot meaner. <laughs> back then, she wouldn't line me out. She'll line me out now. I got a question for you. It's a simple question. Does God take your breath away? God take your breath away? Does His creation, does His love for you, you know, does He take your breath away? Let me ask you another question. Are you giddy for God? And I want to tell you something, and, and I'm just going to tell you, and I'm just going to throw this out there, and you're going to do with it as you please, and, and, and you may disagree with me, 
But something happens to us when we become adults if we're not careful. We become adults, and when we become adults, if we're not careful, we lose this just this sheer love for life. Or we lose the ability, you know, we think it's improper if we're giddy. Or we think it's improper if we're very excited. Or we think it's improper, it, you know, we, we've got to be reserved. We've got to be, no, we do not. Life is like a vapor. It appears for a short while and then vanishes away. The author of love, the, the God who put love in your heart. You want to know something that's funny? How many of you would admit, honestly, how many of you admit that when you really feel love, you feel it less in your mind and you feel it more in your chest? Science has yet to explain that. Science has yet to explain why love is felt in the chest. I want to show you something. You can turn with me or you can just listen, but I want you to listen to something for a minute here. Okay? Because you may say, well, Tim, giddy sounds more like excitement. Well, I don't know, maybe giddy is excitement, but listen to this. This comes from 2 Samuel 6, verses 12 through 15. 2 Samuel 6, verses 12 through 16. Now David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of the trumpets. Every single person in here knows, especially those of you with a, you know, a lot of you know due to your upbringing, you know how important the ark of the covenant was. You know how, how revered the ark of the covenant was. You know how important it was to those people and how, how, how it was to be respected. And David said, you're going to bring up the Ark of the Covenant. And while you're bringing up the Ark of the Covenant, he was dancing in front of it with all, the Bible says, with all his might. I think David felt a little bit giddy. I think David was a little bit excited. I think David had a love for the Lord. What does the Bible say about David? The Bible says that David was a man after what? After God's own heart. David was a man after God's own heart. Why in the world? Wow. And he was dancing for all he was worth in front of the Ark of the Covenant. And he's a man after God's own heart. I bet God likes the fact that we have a day called Valentine's Day. And I bet he likes the fact that we profess our love for one another. What do you think? How many of you in here cheered when your child took their first steps? You cheered? I wonder if God's here. 
I wonder if when you said I do, and you kissed your wife, and you were united in the eyes of the Lord, I wonder if God, I wonder if God thought that was kind of neat. I wonder if God is rejoicing when someone goes down into the watery grave of baptism. I wonder if God, I wonder if, you know what, God is the author of love. God is the author of human emotion. God can certainly get angry, the Bible says. Well, if God can get angry, I believe that God can love. For God so loved the world that He did what? He gave His only begotten Son. But I think sometimes if we're not careful, we feel that we serve this distant entity. This distant entity that doesn't think about us or doesn't take any interest in our lives or doesn't rejoice when we rejoice or doesn't shed a tear when we shed a tear. How many of you in here have ever shed a tear because you felt for someone else? How many of you in here have ever laughed because someone else was laughing? These are emotions that came from God. All right, now, I'm going to make this quick, but I want you to look up here at the screen if you would, because all, all you have to do is... I came across this quote um, as I was studying and as I was preparing. And I just want you to read it with me, um, because, I don't know, I just think it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, why is this important? Why is love, why, why do we need to worry about love? The majesty of the feeling is such that it allows humans to treat each other with kindness and compassion. In fact, one can say that there are a number of emotions bred by love. It might be any relation binding us together. Love is ubiquitous in different forms. A passionate lover's kiss. A tender mother's touch. A fatherly concern or a brotherly, sisterly affection. Everything expresses love. It is by the virtue of this emotion that sages have found eternal peace and enlightenment. As no love is superior to love for the Almighty, who has bestowed upon us its mercy in the form of this gentle feeling, which no matter how fragile, is the very foundation of life. You don't have to give me a show of hands, but I'm, I'm going to ask. Come on. Is there a person in this room that doesn't like to be told they are loved? When my wife says, I love you, well, that means something to me. When I send my daughter a text, now you got to understand my daughter and I relationship, but I sent my daughter a text last night before I went to bed, and I said, I love you, sissy poo-poo, and she sent back, I love you too, jack wagon. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I even sent my son a text last night. And said, I was glad to see you yesterday. I enjoyed hanging out with you. Love you. And he sent back something like, I did too. Love you too. And I was like. When we tell one another we love each other. We are the redeemed. We are the body of Christ. When we tell each other that we love one another. That's huge. 
It's extremely important. It's called edification. It's called lifting one another up. There isn't a single person that I know that doesn't like to be told I love you. Okay, now we're going to do something a little different today. Here in a minute. I don't know how many of you ever saw this movie. Okay? But while I was thinking about this sermon, I thought about this movie. And this movie is called Castaway. It has Tom Hanks in it. But anyway, the premise of the movie, I'll make it very quick and simple. Tom Hanks is a pilot. And many of you probably have seen it, but some of you haven't. So if you haven't seen it, Tom Hanks is a pilot. And he is flying a plane over the ocean. And the whole premise of the movie is he crashes on a deserted island. He's the only survivor. And he spends years on this island. Well, the interesting thing about it is is that um, in the movie, he is portrayed as a man who is very much in love with his wife. Good. Good. He is portrayed as a man who is very, very much in love with his wife, and just before he leaves to go on this trip, it's right around Christmas time, she gives him this locket. And the locket is was like a family heirloom, but it has her picture in it. Well, here it is. He spends years on this island trying to get off. And I'll make this quick. He spends years on the island trying to get off every day. Now listen to me, please, because you're going to watch three clips today before this sermon's over. And if you will actually allow yourself to be immersed. I'm going to tell you something that I told my students in class the other day. And you can do with it as you please. You can do with it as you please. Your life is too short not to be passionate about something. Your life is too short not to allow yourself to be to, to, to immerse yourself in something. Because the Bible says your life is like a vapor. It appears for a short while and then vanishes away. There are too many people that they, they, they're afraid to live. He spends every day of this time frame staring at that locket and trying to figure out how to get off that island. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and I want you to listen to me very closely because you're going to learn something about me today. I'm a sap. Okay? If I watch a movie and the good guy doesn't get the girl, I'll never watch it again. I watched Rocky 1 the first time. He didn't win. I didn't sleep that night. I watched this movie one time. I couldn't bear to watch it again. So what I'm telling you is my recollection from one time. Now, as time went on, obviously he tried to get off the island and he built a raft. Alright? He built a raft and eventually the tide did not come in, the tide went out. And after years of living on that island, waiting for the day that he could kiss his wife's lips. He finally makes it back to civilization to find out that in the interim, because he was gone for so long, that she had remarried and had children. Now, before this sermon's over, we're going to watch three clips, but I, this is not a clip at the beginning. I want to give you an intro. Now, before we watch the first clip, I want to know what the Bible says about love. So here we go. This is what the Bible says about love. In 1 John 4, verse 8, the Bible says that God is love. 
The Bible says in Psalms 136, 26, Give thanks to the God of heaven, for His steadfast love endures forever. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 7, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. In Psalms 86 and verse 15, but you, O Lord, or are a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Hey, before we go any farther, and before I show you the first clip, and I hope that you will watch these clips, and I hope you'll think about the premise of the movie, and I hope you'll put yourself... Listen, you know, I want to do something a little different today. You know, last year we had the hearts, and we gave you the hearts at the end, and, and we talked about love. But I think sometimes it's good to stretch yourself a little bit and to think about what would I be thinking? What would I be thinking if I were in this particular scenario? What would I be thinking if I were on a... And I know you say, well, that's a funny scenario. I don't care if it is or not. What would you be thinking if you were a person stranded on an island for years every day? Every day you make a mark on a rock just so you can keep track of the days thinking about the day that you would see the love of your life again. God is... Love. This emotion that he planted in your heart for the people that you care about came straight from God. Now, I'm going to play you a couple of clips. And I'm going to play him. If you've watched the movie before, there's a couple of you that are going to be like, well, he's playing a couple of these clips kind of out of order. And that's true. I am. But I'm going to play a couple of clips for you. This first clip, now I want you to think about this because honestly, at the end of the sermon, I'm going to bring it all together. And I think it's going to make sense to you. I really do. This first clip is when he is talking to one of his best friends after he has gotten back to civilization only to find that the woman he thought he had lost, he's lost again. And while you watch this clip, I want to give you a little food for thought today, too. You think for one second Jesus grieves for those that he loses? Thank you. 
catch the line? In exasperation, he says, now here I am, back in Memphis, and I've lost her all over again. Hey, listen to me and listen very closely, because I am confident, and you can disagree with me if you'd like, and we'll just have to agree to disagree. I believe that God and Jesus both possess human emotion. They gave it to us. And I'm going to tell you something else. I wonder if Jesus has ever said in exasperation, I've lost them all over again. There may be somebody in this room who needs to rededicate themselves back to the Lord. Every one of us myself included, could do even better. Jesus doesn't want any of us to fall away. 
how much does God love me? How much does God love us? How much? You know how much because you started to quote it a while ago. How many of you in here can quote John 3.16 with me? A fundamental verse of our faith. Let's go. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have what? Eternal life. How much does God love us? Hey, how many of you in here have done this? Because I know I've done it before, and Jamie and I, we jack around with each other sometimes. And I've said this to Jamie. I've said, I've said, Jamie, how much do you love me? And she'll go like this. This much. <laughs> and, then, and then she'll go, or she'll go, well, maybe. <laughs> God loves us this much. That family, the Osman family doesn't know whether their son's going to live or not. They'd give anything. So would we all as parents. God loved us so much that He was willing to give His son didn't want to lose us again. Now that's love. Like this. I thought this was pretty cool. I don't know how well you can see it. It's the infinity sign. God says to you, so you can say this. Every one of you can say this. You can say, I am loved, I am valued, I am beautiful, I am forgiven, I am God's masterpiece, I am redeemed and set free. Woo! Because that makes me a little bit giddy. God says all of those things to all of us by the act of love. Okay. So Chuck goes to his old house because he wants to get his blazer, this vehicle that he loves. And you know, here's the funny thing about that. We all love something different. I'm still waiting on Fred to let me drive his Corvette. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. Kelly is there. Now, if you don't pay attention to any clip in this movie, good Lord willing, this one will work fine, but I want you to pay attention to this clip. And I want you to think about Jesus.
How many of you in here? Here you go. I mean, there's some of you that I know. You're thinking about these clips. You're watching them. You're thinking about love. Do you love somebody that much? Do you love someone so much that you would give them up? I'd have threw that car in drive and I'd have took off with her in there. How much do we really love others? The question, what does true love look like? And I'm sorry. And I'm really not sorry, because we need to see true love as it really appears. This was true love. God said, I love you so much that I'm willing to give my son up. Jesus said, I love you so much that I'm willing to give it all. 
And you say, well, what's the premise of today's sermon? The premise is you can leave here today emboldened. You can leave here today feeling warm. You can leave here today feeling loved. You can leave here today ready to go out in the world and face Satan because God loves you more than anything. Now listen, because if you were watching... You heard the line. You heard this. I love you. You're the love of my life. I love you too. More than you'll ever know. I think Jesus could have mouthed those words. Amen. Now, I'm going to close with one last little clip, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it's been every single one of us in here. What's he supposed to do now? What's he supposed to do? And I think that every single person in this room, I think this is such a powerful movie. I think these clips are so powerful. And this one may very well be the most powerful clip of all because every single one of us have stood at the crossroads of life. Not knowing which way to go. And wondering if anybody cares.
You ever been at the crossroads of life? Listen, if you're here today and you're at the crossroads of life, I want you to leave here today knowing two things. I want you to know that God loves you more than anything. No matter which path you take, God loves you. Now, I want you to think about one more thing. Please, I'm almost done. Okay, do me a favor. I know, you may think, oh, that's hokey. That's okay, I can be hokey. I'm also a romantic at heart. Close your eyes for a minute. Close your eyes. Think about the people. Think about the things that you love. Think about your family. Think about your passions. Think about what you love more than anything. What you hold dear. And while you're thinking about that, I want you to hear this one line again. And then I have a short message to show you that I was sent here to give you today. I want you to think about this short line. I love you. You're the love of my life. I love you too. More than you will ever know. Now if you would, open your eyes and look at the screen. Because I was sent here today to deliver a message. Heavenly Father, I am thankful for your love for me. I am thankful for your love for the, for the sinner, for your love for the redeemed. I am thankful, Heavenly Father, that you give me this emotion that burns in my chest. And it brings tears to my eyes. Heavenly Father, we need to love each other. We need to love our families. We need to love our community. Most of all, we need to love You. If there's somebody here, Lord, that needs to kind of get rededicated or kind of get re-enthused or get giddy all over again, help them to remember the line and I've lost her all over again because I'm convinced, God, that Jesus says sometimes in exasperation, I've lost them all over again. And He doesn't want that. Heavenly Father, I pray that the real meaning of this sermon will be in everyone's hearts when they leave. We need to be emboldened. We need to be strengthened. We need to be edified by the love that You have for us so that we may go out from this place and do what it is that You want us to do and to live our lives in a way that will be worthy of our calling that we will make our election sure. I thank You, Lord, and I want to say that I love You. We all love You. For love comes and was born from You. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.